the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson. Today I am joined by two special guests. One is my special guest co-host, someone you should know by now, Catherine McNeil. Catherine, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me back. It's good to be here. Catherine and I are really excited because we are joined by a woman that we both admire and respect, and we've got some commonalities through writers groups. Her name is Sheila Wise-Rowe. She is a truth teller passionate about matters of faith and emotional healing. She advocates for the dignity, rights, and healing of abuse and racial trauma survivors and racial conciliation. She has done a lot of work and writing and books, and so we're just excited to have her here today on Juneteenth to talk about her work and to talk about this important holiday. Sheila Wise-Rowe, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) That's Um, great. Okay, Sheila. So I feel like we there are so many questions we could ask you, but why don't we just start with your books? Um, I have read Healing Racial Trauma, which was so, so powerful. You also have a book on lament, which I think people need to hear about. So why don't you just talk to us about your writing in general? Yeah. Um, so I, my writing really comes out of my practice. So practice as a therapist for um, decades and also as a spiritual director. Um, and I've been in positions as lay pastor within a church, director of counseling. Um, and so all of those experiences, including my own personal experiences, really inform the, the writing that I do. And it really comes from that place um, where it really feels like it's not just about me or my story, but um, so many other people resonate with it. Um, and I feel like, like healing racial trauma happened in a moment where um, it needed to be, it yeah. needed to come out. And, um, and it really addressed the, the felt, um, needs and concerns of not just African-Americans, but even beyond that for people mm-hmm. of color, um, yeah. in general. And so my writing really comes from this place of experience, but it's also deeply rooted in my faith. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, as a believer, as Christian, uh, and some of the ways in which I have, um, really seen the Lord challenge and yet also encourage and bring healing and restoration um, to people and communities. So good. Sheila, I'm intrigued by the fact that you are using your words through writing and speaking, but you're also so practical by giving spiritual direction and soul care. Can you say a bit about how all that comes together in your ministry and your work with real people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, prior to the book, even in, in my work with counseling, it really was a, an intersection, I think, of both of those things. And that um, as someone who, you know, my faith tradition leaned more towards the charismatic slash Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really bringing in this much more um, 
an acknowledgement of the presence of the Holy Spirit in mm. the work of healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so that I lean heavily into, um, in terms of, you know, listening. So I'm not just listening to the person, which is absolutely essential and, and central, but also listening during sessions and really what is the Lord saying yeah. um, to this person? What is the Holy Spirit revealing about what the real issue is um, that needs to be addressed? And um, and so, and in that way, it really has been one of um, really partnering with God or allowing the Lord to work through the work, um, not just speaking to me, but also speaking to the individual mm. um, that I'm meeting with. And Sheila, I, I'm really curious because I, I, I feel deeply that church communities need to re-embrace and reimagine the practice of lament. And I know you write about that in one of your latest books, Young, Gifted, and Black. Yeah. Can you talk to us about lament as a practice both individually and collectively, specifically for people of color? Yeah. You know what? The thing about lament is that it does require a place of remembrance, and so right now, that a lot of that's under attack. Yeah, totally. Um, like uh, you know, are, should we remember the past? I mm-hmm. mean, and biblically, if, as we look at scripture, there are all these admonitions to remember, to remember mm-hmm. good stuff, but also really bad stuff, painful yeah. stuff. You know, being you know in bondage, the, the Israelites, and just. How and, and it's in the remembering that we acknowledge the pain of the past, but we also um, are able to see, well, okay, where was God in the midst of that, and where is He at right now? Wow. And so, um, lament requires remembrance, and so mm-hmm. in okay. that place of actually remembering, um, we also can get in touch with places where we feel. Um, disappointment and even anger towards mm-hmm, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we certainly see that in scripture. We see that in the Psalms. Um, King David, he, yes, acknowledges God is sovereign, et cetera, but he is very, very real about yeah. what happened and how he feels about it. Mm-hmm. And even God, like, where, where the heck are you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he, he, I, I feel like there are models of that um, in, it, you also find stuff in the book of Lamentations. You find mm-hmm. it definitely in the Psalms. And so, we have lost that um, in mm-hmm. a way um, in terms of personally lamenting um, and also, you know, I think corporately as well mm-hmm. Absolutely, as a, as a corporate body um, lamenting. And I, and I feel like if we actually took that to heart, like we might not be having some of the conversations that we're having now, mm-hmm. yes. even on the grander yes. public sa- scale. Um, and so, uh, lamenting is is absolutely essential, and I think that w- when we look at like my book, Young, Gifted, and Black, it really is a holding of both lament and celebration. Okay. And it tends to be that we, as as humans, we want to swing one way or the other. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we'll be stuck in the place of just lamenting, mm-hmm. period, um, without any kind of resolution or anything, or we j- it's just celebration. It mm-hmm. celebrates all good and. Yeah. Life is hard and it's holding yeah. both of those things. And so it's really learning how to do that. And that's, you know, I, I feel like that's a part of, of growing up. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really living fully into adulthood or into our full, you know, humanity and, and spirituality is being able to hold both of those things. 
Sheila, I wholeheartedly agree with you on all this, but I hear uh, frequently I get pushback from people who say it's the remembering that's the problem. Why do you keep bringing this up? And whether we're talking about a global pandemic or we're talking about racial issues, yep. um, there's there's this voice saying, if we could just stop talking about it, we could get past it. What would you say to the, the listener maybe who is considering that point of view? Yeah. You know, the reality is that, you know what, like ignoring does nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ignoring, ignoring, pretending, as I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ignoring, pretending, they're, they're not the key to healing. Mm. They really aren't. Mm-hmm. They're not the key to healing. They're not the key to hope. We all know, like even ourselves or even family members, like places where we were like, let me just not remember. Like mm. the, the level of this whole, internally, we are still holding that. Yeah. We are still not processing it. Um, and the people around us who are really battling are, are getting a message that what you're experiencing right now, the pain, the mm-hmm. um, like they're in touch with their pain, but we're saying, no, mm-hmm. we don't, you know, your pain is irrelevant. We don't want to look at it. We don't want to see it. We actually yeah. want to rewrite it. Right. <laughs> um, you know, um, and there's no room so, for you here. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. And so, um, that does nothing for healing zero, um, for the other person or for you. And I think that for, for the person who wants to just silence everyone, you know, my experience has been that that is a person who has been silenced themselves. And so as a result, they're going to, they're operating out of that space of, this is a familiar message to them that they you know, were given very early on and they signed off on like, mm-hmm. yes. And that, you know, cause kids, they only do what they have yeah. the capacity to do. And yeah. so what they can handle, so they can't handle it. They're going to silence it. They're going to shut mm-hmm. down and they operated mm-hmm. in that way. So I, you know, they want everybody else to operate in that same way. Wow. Like, oh. We don't want to, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to feel pain. We don't want to feel any kind of guilt. We don't yeah. want to have yeah. any bad things um, surface when the reality is to heal that pain, the bad stuff, all of that, it has to come into the light. Yeah. Oh, Sheila Wise-Rose, so powerful. You really are a true teller. (laughs) Sheila Wise-Rose is passionate about matters of faith and emotional healing. She holds a master's in counseling psychology and over 28 years has served as a Christian counselor, spiritual director, educator, writer, and speaker. Sheila, I I don't want to miss that today is Juneteenth. And so we are celebrating that uh, June 19th from the balcony of the Ashton Villa Granger Red General Order Number 3 that, quote, officially Mm. ended slavery. And I feel like finally we're like starting to celebrate this as a country, which is really exciting. I know it's slow movement, but there is movement happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, talk to us about what do you do on Juneteenth? What do you call people to do on Juneteenth? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I live in Boston, so I want to put that in context. Yeah. Um, so I live in, in Boston. And one of the things that, um, yes, there are Juneteenth celebrations, but in Boston, in the Boston area, um, what has historically been happening is that um, there's something called the Black Picnic and mm-hmm. that's in Salem Willows. So it's in Salem, Massachusetts. And it's um, it's a park and it's by the water. And every year, actually in July, <laughs> there is um, what was called, um, it, it was a moment where uh, the, so in Massachusetts, they actually identified people who 
lived in the black community and there was a vote for who would represent the community. Wow. Um, and so, and we're talking about going like 1800s. Yeah. Um, even, I think it's somewhat started like in the 1700s. Wow. Um, and so that that vote would happen and then there would be prominent um, abolitionists, um, Charlotte Fortin, the, the Gremke sisters, the Frederick Douglass, a lot of people mm. would come through. Mm. Um, and that is that history is there of that and it still carries on to this day so the um uh you know they've changed the name um the focus also is is celebrating um juneteenth it's yeah. late but um we're i think there are a lot more celebrations on the day in the south um, mm. We do have more now, I would say, over the past few years in Boston. But historically, like growing up, we did not celebrate Juneteenth. Right, right. Like we were, it was more around our getting in the car and going to Salem Willows and mm. celebrating mm. Um, that. Mm. Um, and I think people also need to remember that, you know, it was Lincoln who made the Emancipation Proclamation. And that was in, that was in 1863. Yeah. And this Juneteenth was 65. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, so there was this time period where the war was still happening. Mm. Um, and so the, you know, this, you know, the general coming in and proclaiming to Texas to, um, you know, that this is, which is kind of like the outer edges right. um, that emancipation has occurred was absolutely something to celebrate and to be joyful about. And I do that now, mm. but growing up, that wasn't something yeah. that we did because yeah. we were in, yeah. in Massachusetts. Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Sheila, for our listeners who are probably not down in Texas where this was happening, why is this one of the things that is valuable for all of us to remember, all of us to mark, um, even if it seems far away, yeah. both in times of time and geography? Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's part of that, you know, I started to talk about that little, that discourse about remembrance and um, it's absolutely essential to, as a marker of this really was the period when freedom actually did mm. happen. Mm. That there is, you know, there's a typical narrative that Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. Well, technically he, he did what's the equivalent of an executive order and signing off, but the actual, you know, freedom occurred later um, in 65, post-war, post the war. And so it's important to remember that this actually did happen. And I feel mm -hmm. like in a similar way that um, no one seems to challenge the whole notion of what happened in the Holocaust and yeah. the fact that we have to remember. Yeah. Like right. it's, it's so essential to, and it is, it's so important to remember things so they don't happen again. They don't repeat themselves. Yeah. And so what we're celebrating is that this, you know, that there was the enslavement of black people and that black people are free. Yes. Um, yes. And so it's, it's holding both of that in that remembrance. It's a bittersweet mm. um, celebration, mm. but it's a, it's, it is a, it's a, a really um, wonderful one in that, yes, we are now free and we have, um, according to, the Constitution and amendments, we have the same rights as everyone mm -hmm. else. So mm -hmm. it's a it's a proclamation of that and a remembrance mm -hmm. of that and a celebration mm -hmm. of 
of that. Almost wow. like a, so almost good. also like a prophetic proclamation, like, and, and this will continue. We will, exactly. We will declare this, that will, this continue. will continue. Yeah. Precisely. I, I love that. I mean, that goes back to what you were talking about before that lament and celebration at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Um, Sheila, I want to turn the tide a little bit because you contributed to a book called the wonder years, 40 women yes. over 40 on aging, faith, beauty, and strength. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, I don't need to reveal Catherine's age, but I care <laughs> to say we are both women over 40 now. And, you know, we're in that conversation yeah, about midlife, midlife, all the midlife things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know what my question is, Sheila, but just help us encourage us. As yeah. over 40. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? I think that it's just what, what's interesting for me is the writing piece and that, um, you know, I didn't actually the that book, um, The Wonder Years came out maybe five years ago, maybe. OK, like that, somewhere around there. I That was the first time I was actually published in. Oh, a, wow. Yeah. <gasps> in a book. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I had, that. you know, I, you know, we're Red Bud yeah. members and yeah. Um, I had joined Red Bud and I, I did a few, I think a couple of essays uh, in the Red Bud post. Okay. But um, it was, and Leslie was, was a part of that and, uh, and then to contribute to her book. But that was the first. So if you think about that, I mean, I am 63. <laughs> <laughs> So it's never too late. It's so never too late. 40. Keep writing. Keep going. <laughs> never too late to do, to do the thing. Uh, that's, that's encouraging. That's, that's very encouraging. encouraging. Very well, encouraging. Sheila, um, for the listener who is really intrigued and is wishing we had so much more time to spend with you, like myself, I definitely am feeling that way. Where is a good place to start to get to know you and your work and your ministry um, of healing racial trauma, of lament, of spiritual direction and soul care. Where's a good place to get to know you better online or through your books? So I am on all social media and it's, it's Sheila Wiserow. So at Sheila Wiserow, look it up and yeah, you'll find it. Um, I My Facebook one is actually my personal page. So I don't really do a lot on my author's page. Um, but uh, otherwise, Instagram, uh, not so much on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and also my website is SheilaWiseRow.com. Okay. So, um, yeah, any of those. And uh, this contact forms there. You want to get more information, please uh, please reach out. Perfect. We'll be yeah. sure to put all of that, uh, yeah. your contact info on our socials. Sheila Row is a truth teller passionate about matters of faith and emotional healing She advocates for the dignity, rights, and healing of abuse and racial trauma survivors and racial conciliation. Sheila, it has been a joy to talk with you today. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Happy Juneteenth. Happy (laughs) Juneteenth, everybody. Yes. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.